Sophia girl, Sophia, your creative arts pastor. And no, I'm not hosting a game or I'm not on a video or in the production booth looking at your lovely backsides. I'm your speaker today. Who the heck authorized me to get a mic? I don't know. Blame your pastors. I'm going to be your speaker this morning on the I Dare You series. Um, now, before Chris left, if you remember, he was going through who's speaking. And when he went on my week, he said, listen, when Sophia gets up here to preach, you may want to wear a seatbelt. And listen, he was right. Because listen, I'm a Latina and I talk three ways. Okay, you want to know what those ways are? Loud, fast, and continuously, okay? So you're going to have to keep up because I'm a fast talker. We're going to get this word in. So strap in crosswinds. We're going to go for a little ride this morning. But before I hit the gas, let me pray over us and get really holy, okay? Um, but just to warn you, it's okay to have fun in church, amen? Can I get, can I get a whoop whoop? And hey, if you were here last week, there was a, a guest speaker, Sharon. She was here with us, and she was what I call a Pentecostal preacher. Uh, now listen, Crosswinds, I am another Pentecostal preacher. So if you, the, the front, uh, if you see that the, there's no people in the front, that's because that's the splash zone. Because Pentecostal preachers spit a lot. Somebody say something. So hey, I want you guys to holler back, clap back, talk back. Broke back, whatever, what, wait, what? Whatever you guys want to do, I need that energy, okay? Can we do that together? Can I get an amen? amen? Let me pray over us. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. Help in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So in this I Dare You series, we've been taking dares to seek more and more of Jesus. So for the next three and a half hours, because that's, oh, that's not what I have? That, that, well, they said, so I'm just kidding. For the next couple of moments, I am going to talk and speak to you on the prayer of praise. Uh, the topic of praise really resonates me specifically because I was a worship pastor for 10 plus years. And my only job was to teach this thing called praise and worship, right? Uh, praise is this very Christianese word that a lot of people like just throwing around. Um, for instance, my mother. Can I introduce to you my mother? She's actually here uh, this morning with us. Uh, yeah, okay, shout out, momagers. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, let me show, look at how beautiful she is. I took this picture. Um, okay, so she was caught in 4K when we were out on Mother's Day. Um, but uh, do you want to see a picture of me and my mom? Yeah, let's go, baby Sophia. Oh, oh. Listen, church, I've been mean mugging since 1985. Don't, don't mess with me. So, so, so my mother, my mother was notorious for this. Uh, everything was praise the Lord this and praise the Lord that. She would find me washing the dishes. Praise the Lord. She would, we would get, um, there would be no line at the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. She'd roll up. She'd be like, oh, praising the Lord. Or, or, or she would, uh, we'd find a front row parking spot at Target. And you guessed it, praise the Lord. You know, a person could get a little confused with all that praise, right? And I was. You see, when I would prepare the church to sing out the songs for worship, I just naturally figured that they would figure it out. I would say things like, come on, church. Come on, stand up and praise the Lord. I just figured you would naturally know what it meant. Now you, you know who my mother is, so you see where I get it from. I was just, come on, praise the Lord. If you get that front row seat, praise the Lord. 
uh, we would just get it. So, so there's, there's praise all over the scriptures. And particularly in Psalms, praise is all over Psalms. It's been written by this guy named David. Most of them were written by David. And, and praise is all over. And he probably said it about as much as my mom, but I don't think so. I think they wrote it together, David and my mom. <laughs> we could ask her later. Um, but for instance, in, in Psalms 100 verse 3, it says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. I mean, it sounds pretty powerful, right? That sounds pretty intense. How about in Psalms 22, 2 through 4? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearst not. And in the night season, but Thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. Verse 3, did you catch that? But you, God, are holy. You inhabit the praises of your people. The literal translation there is you live in, you dwell in the praises of your people. And, and this is very important. I don't want you to miss this. Uh, David is writing here that while God is everywhere, where you'll encounter him is in the praises of his people. Get that. God is present everywhere. But where you experience his presence is in this thing called praise. With just those two verses, we obviously see that praise is important, right? So you ask me. This is you. This is how you're looking at me right now. So what's the big will self? I come to church semi-regularly. What I'm praising right now, right? I got this down. I sang the songs. I praised. I've always found myself, and maybe you do too, and you can relate, wondering where does praise even fit in? Let's put a pin in that, and we'll come back to that. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt distant, disconnected with God? Maybe discouraged? Maybe filled with doubt? Or maybe you found yourself in a very dark place? I bet you can think of something, and so can I, in each one of those categories. And what I never realized, church, was that all those things were connected, distant, disconnected, discouraged, dark, and doubt. They all get answered by this one thing, the thing that maybe you've heard about, you've seen, maybe you've had questions about like me. I'm going to show you in the next few moments what I found and learned about praise and how it's helped me in every single one of these seasons of my life. Are you ready to go? Let's strap in. You ever wonder why we crave these exact, uh, like just extravagant scenes, like, like the ocean, when you drive through the ocean? Wow. Wow. You know, you drive through the ocean, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Or maybe landscapes. You ever been to uh, Zion in Utah? Oh, oh, I've never been. But my mouth opens when I see it, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. You crazy girl. Everyone over 20 got that. I, this is, there's this automatic awe factor that hits us that we were created, we were hardwired with to praise God. Our spirits respond in praise when we see these places. Why? Because your eyes can only take in so much, but your spirit leaps and knows that there is glory in this place. There's, there, the creator of this exuberant scene is here and is there and he's present. You ever get filled with emotion for no reason when you sit amongst those capsizing waves and you're just like, oh my gosh. Or when you pull over your car because you see just an amazing sunset and you just get overcome with peace, a presence, if you will. 
Friends, can I suggest to you this morning that in those moments, you are in a posture of praise. The only way I can explain this, because I got to preach it the way I know it, okay, is through a story. And not just any story, but a story found in the Bible, a, a man named Job. Now, before we get into Job, I need to tell you that when I read the scriptures, I'm a creative arts pastor, okay? So I think a little bit outside the box. As you can tell, I'm a little different. I hit different. Um, but oh, like, so when I read the Bible, I see um, characters as, como se dice, actors. So show them what Job, uh, let me show you what Job in my mind is. Uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful man of God he is. Sorry, Lord. But that is Job to me. So here's Job, okay? So keep Denzel, I mean Job, in your mind. Sorry, husbands. <laughs> I'm causing distractions in the house of God. Okay, so Job, and let me give you the right Reader's Digest version of this story. So Job is this rich, good-looking man who has a wife. He's got a couple kids. I mean, he's living life good. He's got a good life. He doesn't have anything to worry about. He loves the Lord. The Lord loves him, vice versa. You know, he's good looking. <laughs> so here's this scene where he's kind of looking out into his land and surveying all the property that he has. I'm thinking he's got a papaya in his mouth because that's a rich man's fruit. I never eat no papaya. Like the heck? Where do you buy papaya? They just... He's just eating. So I'm thinking Job is in this, Job chapter 1. And listen, the story doesn't even like get like to a point. It, it hit and it goes dark fast. Like chapter 1 and you're like, oh, dang, jo Job. So here he is sitting eating his papaya because he's good looking. And so here he comes. He's, he's eating. His kids are in the estate probably eating breakfast. Wife is off doing God knows what. And, and he's just eating there. Oh, this is great, God. I love you. I'm, I'm just guessing. He's just a servant. Here comes a servant. Boss. Just all out of breath. I don't know what happened. But the villagers next door came and slaughtered all your oxen and your donkey. They're dead. We're done. Job, I can imagine Job because he's good looking. He said, hey, easy. He's Denzel. <laughs> easy. I have money. We can replace the oxen and the donkey. It's no big deal. Hey, take it easy. We're going to be all right. Okay. So while he's talking and calming down his servant, here comes another servant. Job, 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 Job. Oh my gosh. Fire from heaven just came randomly and slaughtered all your sheep and your camels. I mean, they're gone. So now Job's getting a little like, hang on, papaya's down on the ground by now. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hada, 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 hada. This day just got really bad really fast. You, we can all probably agree that Job's life is getting a little bleak right now, right? It's getting, it, to me, it kind of sounds like a Monday morning. I'm going to go ahead and guess. The scriptures don't tell me. I have a theology degree, but that, there's somewhere in there that says that Job probably um, is, is dealing with all this on a Monday. So kids are eating and drinking in this. Here comes the last servant. Boss, 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 boss. There was a hurricane that hit just your house, and the four corners of the house collapsed. And your kids are gone. Let's read back in Job 1, verses 20 to 22. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, fell on the ground, and worshiped. 
And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord in all of this. Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. That was Job's first response out of his mouth when all this crazy bad news was coming. If I was Job, I'd be wondering, where the heck is God? You ever experience just bad news after bad news and you just get those days that are just like, oh my gosh, you ever find yourself like me wondering, where the heck are you, God? Have you left me? You feel like God is just not answering his phone? He left you on red? My friend Job teaches us that praise is first a choice. In this story, hearing all the bad things one after another, yet his choice is to, is to praise. He chooses to have access to communicate with God. He, d- deep down, it doesn't stop anything from coming, but he chooses to praise. Job, Job is choosing to know that God is who he says he is, and nothing will change that for him in this moment. Sometimes I see it better than I read it. So let me show you by an illustration. As you saw, the door came out here. So praise is a choice, right? This door represents God's presence. It's always here. It's always unlocked. Hello? (laughs) It's always unlocked. And it's unlocked, and that's important because a lot of times we don't feel like we have access to God. But it's always, that was done on the cross over 2,000 years ago. Come on, somebody. That was done. You have access all the time to hear God and know God and communicate with God. But here in this moment, it represents God's presence always here. Praise opens the door. Choosing to open your mouth, you are saying, I let God's presence fill my situation. I choose to open the doors to let God fill me with peace. Because when you feel distant from God, friends, you have to praise your way out. Listen. This door right here, you have to choose to not be angry with your spouse when they've messed you up. You have to choose to forgive that person that wronged you in the worst way. Open the door. You have to choose to continue to pray over that thing and that prayer request that you feel like God is just not listening to. You have to continue to choose to praise God and open the door to his presence to allow him into that situation. You have to continue to choose. Removing whatever is blocking your way to see God clearly. Praise your way out. Remember God lives in your praise. Choosing to first open the door, your mouth, and praise. Remind yourself that he is good. Remind yourself that God is worthy. And he will come through for you. Just like the hidden logos we saw earlier. Maybe you can't see it right away, but it's there. Once you see and encounter God, you can't unsee God. Once you've encountered God, the door is always there, friends. Once you've seen God do something great in your life, you'll never unsee that doorway again. Praise your way out. Uh, Let me go a little further because, uh, again, I do these things in stories. So, again, jump back in my brain. Uh, There's a story in Daniel, uh, chapter 3, of three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And let me show you what those uh, characters look like in my mind. I, I, it, it just fits, okay? Three Ninjas are, if you don't know that movie, you need to go watch it immediately. <laughs> you are sinning, and I just need to pray over you right now. Um, Shadrach, there's another character in this story called King Nebuchadnezzar. And what is he look like in my head? I wonder, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Let me explain. Let me explain. 
because I feel like King Nebuchadnezzar has a very deep accent. Um, and he's like, oh. King Nebuchadnezzar in this story has a little bit of a problem, an ego problem. He wants all the praise. He wants all the honor. So he's running around, you know, big little machete. Hey, orale, everybody's going to praise me. I'm the king. So these three boys actually work for King Nebuchadnezzar. So it, it, gets a little, it gets a little dicey here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego actually work for King Nebuchadnezzar. In this story, King Nebuchadnezzar says, I need more. I know I'm the king, but I need more. So his little servants are like, oh, well, um, how about we build a statue? And King Nebuchadnezzar is like, yeah, I like it, but make it tall and make it gold. And I want everybody in the world to see this. So they create this huge statue built out of gold. And King Nebuchadnezzar is like, it's not enough. Hey, I'm going to put a, degree, a decree. And every time they hear a musical instrument, like a boop, 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 I want everyone to bow to that statue wherever they are. Can you imagine? You'd be just standing out in the food court or something. Just everyone starts bowing. Now you may think, even on the toilet, just. You may think, I would never do that. I would just, I would just say no. Here's where it gets crazy. King Nebuchadnezzar is so ridiculous that he was like, if anybody disobeys me, he created this furnace that was on fire that he would put people in if they disobeyed him. So he would have his spies out there watching and surveying to make sure that everyone at the sound of that they would be bowed. So here comes the first trumpets and here's my three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can, I can only picture them like this. Like, Hey, uh, Abednego, you going to bend a knee? <laughs> um, because I, Abednego, no, bro, no, no, we got to stick to our guns, man. Like, we love the Lord, remember? We're not going to bow to this guy. He's crazy. It's not local. Shadrach, I don't know, man. If he finds out, we're going to get barbecued. King Nebuchadnezzar continues to and just demand this of the people. So here's an old saying. Finish it if you know it. Snitches get, heck yeah, and that is true today. Snitches get stitches. So King Nebuchadnezzar, of course, has his snitches out there looking. And so, of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Medigo, I don't know, man. Like, this is like a couple times in a row now. They're going to look at us. So, oh, one of the spies, King Nebuchadnezzar, I saw those boys. They were not bowing. King Nebuchadnezzar, bring them to me. I'm going to make a bow. So here we found in Daniel 3, 14 through 15. Let's read this together. Nebuchadnezzar began speaking and said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, nor worship the golden statue that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, and all kinds of musical instruments, fall down and worship the statue that I have made. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be thrown in the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can rescue you from my hands? Let's read that again, church. And what God is there who can rescue you from my hands? Can you imagine? Now listen, if I was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'd be making excuses, like really quickly, like, oh, 
See, what happened, King, was that I had knee surgery. So I can't really bend down. I can't bow. So, you know, it's really hard for me sometimes to bow. I can't get down. So can I get a pass, a free pass? Or maybe you're like a Bendigo who's like, was there, was there, a, was there a horn? I didn't hear a horn. Was there a flu? I didn't hear a flu. I, it's like I only heard, hear certain pitches. I, I didn't hear a horn. I didn't hear a flu. Can you play it again for me, King? I'd be making all kinds of excuses, but the boys stood. With all they had left, they stood. With their doubt, they stood. When they felt defeated, they persevered by standing, even when things got dark. Praise is perseverance. In the story I just told you, the boys displayed perseverance in the midst of the tormenting flames of life. Yes, you may feel maybe right now the furnace of maybe depression, but God is peace. And yes, maybe you sense the flames of doubt, but God loves you without any conditions. Or maybe you feel darkness pushing you further and further into the furnace that you don't want to go to that is meant to kill you. But friends, God is a good, good father, and he knows exactly where you are, and he will come through through praise your way out the place of perseverance is saying I stand with God I stand by what God has said in his word I know he is light and I know he will be here even in my darkest moment you see these three boys were praising God through their perseverance they knew although they didn't see it a way out and spoiler alert because you guys are on the edge of your seat like what happened what happened what happened I see you okay so Shadrach Meshach and Abednego ultimately got thrown in the fire but God came through let me tell you how it ends for the three ninjas. While the king was smiling, thinking he barbecued these boys, God met him right there in the fire. He was the fourth man in the fire. God says who he is because praise speaks truth. Praise speaks truth. Facts are your situation, friends. Facts are these boys were going to be carne asada. Fact is, Nebuchadnezzar was cray-cray. Fact is, these boys probably picked the wrong day to stand up for their faith, let's be honest. The, but the truth, the truth is your praise. The truth is that God is bigger than King Nebuchadnezzar. The truth is that God is more powerful than the flames. Truth is that God can and God will come through even though we can't see him moving or working. He will because that is the truth. These boys are in a hopeless situation, but praise speaks truth. The truth puts the lights back on in a very dark situation. These boys were supposed to be kebabs. The king said, seven times hotter, but they still didn't bow. Even as things got dark, they got thrown in. Maybe you find yourself in this dark place of depression, or maybe you feel defeated by the lies you tell yourself or that people and others have told about you, and it gets dark. Gets really, really dark. You can't see God, you can't sense God. You can't feel God. Whatever situation you find yourself in that gets you in this place, praise your way out. When, the praise, when you praise the truth of who God is, that's the way you begin to see God again. When you feel distant, when you feel discouraged in your spirit, and when you face the darkness, praise fights for the truth. Sometimes life is lived right here in the dark, family, deep in the dark. 
but singing about God's truth turns the lights back on and connects you to hope again. Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad dude all had this fight within them saying this is not our truth. They did not give up on the truth they knew to be true. So praise your way out. Remember that verse we said at the beginning, Psalms 22, 3. God inhabits the praises of me. He lives in the praises of you. Does it make a little bit more sense now why praise is important? Why we need praise in our life? No matter where you're at in this place this morning, you have to choose to be aware that God is near when you feel distant. To persevere when you feel discouraged. When you feel the darkness and doubt creeping in, open your eyes and see that God is truth and light. And we're going to do that right now through praise. Praise reminds me of who God is. Would you stand with me as we close this morning? You see in the Bible, in the days of old, if you read anywhere in the Old Testament, anytime God brought the people of Israel out through a battle and they conquered and they overcame and you've seen victory in their lives, they would stack these stones all up top of each other and they would call them altars. And they would stack these stones up to symbolize that God was here and God did something miraculous in my life, that he was present. And it was their visual way to remind themselves of what God did in that place. And not just for themselves, family, but to show the generation that would come after them that God did something great here, that God lives here. That was the way they showed the generations that followed that God was with them. God is here and God is for them. Now we may not be into the whole stacking rocks thing, but might I suggest to you that we may not have stones, but we have songs. We have songs. So my challenge to you in order to practice your praise this week is every time you choose to speak well of God or trust him, every one of those is a rock that you are stacking on top. Open the door. When you read a verse, stack a rock and you turn the lights back on. When you say a prayer, you stack a rock. And every week we have this opportunity to sing praises to his name and stack our rocks in our lives to remind ourselves that, and the generation to come after us, that praise is where God lives. So Crosswinds, I dare you to open the door. I dare you to open your mouth and your heart. I dare you to turn the lights back on in those dark areas, in your doubt, and begin stacking your stones. Even when you can't see him, your spirit can sense him. Even when you feel God distant, know that he has never left you nor forsaken you. That is where he lives. When you feel the lies of the enemy telling you you're worthless or trapping you in your own insecurity, Open the lights, open your mouth, stack your stones, and praise God, because that is where he lives, friends. Crosswinds, I dare you to praise.
still moving, God. Bring my song to you, O oh God, because I know you're moving, God. Let's sing this out. Sing you are here. Let me hear you. Here we go. You are here. Come on. Moving in our midst. I worship you. Yeah. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Let's sing it again. Let me hear you. You are here. Come on. I worship you, yeah. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. All right, here's your part. Because you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, you are here, come on, you're touching every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, healing every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are here turning.
take us back and sing those words. It may look. I want you guys to sing it out. It may look. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded. Singing with faith, it may look. It may look like I'm so. Oh, we believe. Yeah, yeah. It may look like I'm surrounded. Oh, that faith rise. It may look like I'm surrounded. It may look, 
season, God, when it's bright, when the sun is out, God, when it's dark and I'm scared, God, I know one thing is constant, one thing is unchanging, that's you, Lord, I'm going to look to you for the unchanging part of my, I'm going to look to you for a reminder that you are constant, that you're consistent, that you're fighting my battles with me, God, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to hold on to it, God. Yes, God. Lord, I pray faith would rise up in this room in the hearts of people who have never, ever, ever looked to you as being consistent, looked to you as being a stronghold, a tower we can hide behind, Father God. Let faith arise right now so that in this upcoming week, no matter where we are, no matter what season we're walking through, no matter what circumstance you put us into, God, we can look to you and know we don't have to be strong on our own. We have a mighty tower, a stronghold we can hide behind, Father God. A mighty stronghold, a mighty tower, Father God. That's incredible. That's a promise we hold on to, God. And all God's people sit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, we hope you had an awesome day. We'll see you back here next weekend. Amen. Have a good one.